0: Linda, my sweet friend
1: My sweet, sweet boy
0: So you're taking, the, oh. you're taking the week off
1: I I had already taken the week off
0: Because um, it was post-retreat And you were just trying to you know Recover, charge with batteries
1: Yeah, and I was actually going to move This week So I, I had
0: oh, I see, ar- I see
1: Originally planned Get back from the retreat Spend a few days packing Spend a few days moving in And then All the shit happened and I decided, you know what, just keep the vacation.
0: And I'm so glad I did because I feel like, are you, I was, I was curious to ask because I, I don't know (sighs) if I would do well with uh, an additional eight to nine hours a day to just do whatever.
1: Right. Well, it's the thing of like how many transitions can a person handle at once? By the way, I'm doing my routine to take money out. I haven't left the house in a few days, but what I do is I have a, a box of 409, and I leave it, <coughs> excuse me, by the front, by the back door. I have my latex gloves on. I am leaving from our back because nobody else has access to this entrance, so nobody else can touch the door. And then... Take the little doggy for a walk. And so that way, when I come back, Andy, I can put my shoes upside down, spray them with Lysol, and leave them outside. Good on you. And I got some fresh air.
0: Good on you for for taking all the precautions one can take.
1: <laughs> I mean, not leaving would be the best one, but what yeah. can
0: you do? Yeah, our dog walks routines have not changed that much. Uh, you know, we don't live in a shared building, so leaving the house is fine. We're just the only ones touching our doors and whatnot. And then, uh, nice. yeah, I mean, like our neighborhood is the streets are always fairly quiet around our neighborhood, but especially now, like I, I definitely yeah. don't get anywhere within 20 feet of another person when I walk the dog every day. So,
1: yeah, and That's I love nice. it because I get to walk through uh, Brooklyn Heights, which is my favorite neighborhood that is so dead and empty right now. Um, so, yeah, so I'm taking the dog for a walk today
0: tell Lenny I said hello. Now, I saw he lost a tooth. Is that normal? Yeah, doggies lose their teeth uh,
1: between, like, four and eight months, I think. Really?
0: I didn't know they had a whole baby tooth situation, just like humans <clears throat> did.
1: Yeah, they're called milk teeth. Ooh. And, um...
0: I, I don't know how feel about that name. All right.
1: <laughs> I know, like, I don't want to think about how they're extra sharp for the titties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, so he's I think that's also why they need to chew so much when they're puppies because their little teeth are coming out and growing back in. And it's very natural and normal for him to need to chew on all kinds of stuff.
0: Hmm. Well, good for him.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so the thing about transitions is like how many can you handle at once? And sometimes it, it is better for me just to like, you know, if I'm changing one thing, I might as well go ahead and change fucking everything. Cause Jump that's the deep Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it, it's weird because we already had a major life event, which is moving in together.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's, so <laughs> of, that's like in any other month that would have been like the biggest thing in your, in the forefront of your mind, you'd be like, you know, spending a bunch of emotional energy on it. And I have to imagine now it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We live together, whatever. Like, uh, yeah. let's, let's go on continuing to survive the, uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and so there's that, and then there's also now, um, uh, it feels like we moved into the coronavirus.
0: Right, because your previous life, it was not really a consideration. Uh, right. Because of, you, were, you, know, you moved c- cont- contemporaneous with the sort of elevation of the threat in America, or at least the recognition of the threat in America, finally, and the elevation of public health, <laughs> initiatives to try and slow the spread thus right so
1: as, as I was packing you're like hearing the news and it's like okay there's like talks of a the lockdown there's talks of uh, not being able to leave our house so oh fuck oh fuck better pack faster better pack faster <laughs> and like I kept moving my moving date up I moved it four times and so I was finally like okay let's just do it last Friday um and
0: welcome to your new apartment now yeah. please never leave
1: Yeah, so it makes me really, really glad that we got a place that is bigger, um, so we don't have to be right on top of each other while we're working and I'm playing Animal Crossing and all that stuff.
0: Um, You haven't accepted my friend request yet.
1: Oh shit, you sent it?
0: I sent you a friend request. I imagine you're very popular in Animal Crossing. You probably have an inbox full of friend requests that have been languishing.
1: Well, I just put my my code up on the Twitter. Yeah, and I have like nine friends now, Andy.
0: Yeah, see, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. You're, you're a very you're you're the kind of person people want to be friends with in real life and in uh, in Animal Crossing life.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because in Switchland, I I really respect how hard they've made it to become friends and do social stuff with people and like send messages. Like, I think that they're really making it a steep curve for perverts who want to prey on children. Uh, at least that's what it feels like when I'm trying to just, like,
0: send about a message
1: and, like, j- go to their island.
0: I don't think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're just bad at the online stuff. Notoriously, <laughs> Nintendo is not very good at the online play thing.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I think it serves a good purpose. Like, I'm like I, I would feel safe letting my kids play this.
0: Yeah, I mean, creeps aren't motivated at all. They'll probably just quit as soon as they have to get to the second dialogue box or whatever.
1: Right, exactly. Eh, like, not worth it.
0: Out. I guess I won't prey on children today. Oh, well.
1: You have to, like, get a special code. So that means you have to, like, text it. You have to already know the person. It's not just, like, go meet a bunch of strangers. Yeah. Figure it out. Who cares? Yeah, it's true. Um, they
0: don't just drop you in an open world where someone can, like, flash you or whatever.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Oof. So... I thought,
0: I thought it might be useful um, I was trying to think about how we will structure these episodes because uh, while I, I do think there is a lot to unpack and I am as we mentioned previously very interested in capturing uh, capturing this time for posterity for myself and possibly others um, I don't it, it will be hard not to slip into talking about the same things every time so I, I thought it'd be interesting if we like made a little list of questions that we wanted to answer each time we recorded one of these. Um, isolation episodes and just make sure we That's answer the same idea. set of questions every time. Um, yeah. So I have two here and then I, you can also propose some questions you want to answer. One of the things I want to address is just uh, what are you most worried about right now? Like today? What is the thing about this that is worrying you the most?
1: Hmm. I like, I like this idea of having these questions like this. Thank you. Um, I'm going to cough. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just excuse me. Okay. While I remove. My latex glove. You're going to remove your latex glove? And hit the mute button on my phone. Okay. And cough. Hmm. All right, we're done. We're done coughing.
0: You have uh, apparently a lot of control over when you cough or not. You 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 saw that (laughs) come in like 30 seconds away and did a whole routine.
1: Well, okay, so I was sick, you know, like a month and a half ago or whatever. We talked about that. And since then, I need an inhaler um, and I, it's getting a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit better every day. Um,
0: it's the right direction. But I,
1: yeah. But I still don't feel like a hundred percent. And so right now, like I'm walking, walking and walking and I'm like a tiny bit short of breath. So then I'm paranoid about it. And then I just woke up like an hour ago. So I'm like, still a little bit phlegmy just from sleeping mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, anyways mm-hmm. there's like a there's like a tickle down there and you're like i gotta get that i just want to go ahead and clear that gotcha so what i'm saying is that i'm i'm an infected zombie roaming the streets and uh yeah
0: um i can so go anyways. first i can go first <laughs> i, I sprung it on you uh so i like i would say like when we Talk last me spoke or like last yeah. week i think the thing i was most worried about uh just really like emotionally was actually just like the well-being of people in my life like i had didn't know if my mother had been infected didn't know if my grandparents had been infected and people had sort of just gone into lockdown and you know knock on wood you know my mom has been isolating now for you know nine ten days and has no symptoms so it seems quite unlikely at this point that if she does have it she'll be symptomatic and it will cause a health problem for her hopefully and hopefully she continues to stay isolated and that remains that way so that's no longer my biggest like visceral fear the things that i'm worried about right now um definitely some scary graphs i saw some scary graphs specifically about new york uh and the rate of infections and the rate of deaths and just how sort of immediately the uh health system is going to be completely overrun Uh, And then I'm also, uh, I read a thing this morning about Rikers Island and how incredibly fucked the situation is there. I mean, it's always fucked up there. like the the, the
1: prison, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, The whole prison industrial complex means that that place is always a fucking nightmare, uh, a nightmare that people are sort of willing to ignore most days. Um, But now in light of this particular disaster, all of the sort of news coming out of there about how, you know, uh, people in the prison are, like, very clearly showing symptoms and possibly infected, but can't get tested and are still forced to, you know, cohabitate and eat together with everybody else. It just seems like that entire island of, like, five and a half thousand people, both the workers and the, sort of, prisoners, is probably all completely fucked. Uh, That's worrying me at this exact moment.
1: Ooh. Yay, yay, yay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything specifically worrying you, Linda?
1: Um... See. we can keep talking about the prisoner problem
0: if you want oh I mean I'm not it sure is- what else there is to say about it like I, I on a on a good day I would still go off on a whole rant about how fucked up Rikers Island is and uh yeah of course just,
1: prison system in general
0: right uh I, I, had a, I had a I had a difficult time well, on a difficult time I had a mixed reaction to the news when Harvey Weinstein was sent to Rikers um, mixed reaction being that uh, Harvey Weinstein is a monster and I want nothing good to ever happen to him ever the rest of his life uh, but also I hate the prison industrial complex so uh, people were like you know a bunch of people that are were cheering in my Twitter timeline about this guy's being sent to his horrible place and I'm like yeah okay I, I, I don't like him I would like him to suffer but also that horrible place shouldn't exist and really right. nobody should have to deal with that even the biggest monsters of society uh, is actually my opinion about that Um, Yeah, I
1: think there's, like, some compassion to be had for just the human experience. And we should respect everyone's right to be alive and to not live under psychologically damning conditions.
0: Yeah, I mean... Even though that's what he
1: did to, you know, like, 100 women. Yeah,
0: I'm not even advocating for having compassion for the man. Uh, I just think that, you know raising the floor of society is is always fine like i still think he should be in the worst conditions we will allow people to live in i just think that the floor should be raised up higher <laughs> so that the worst anybody can suffer is is not so uh completely dehumanizing right. but exactly That's what I'm saying. um but yeah so i don't know like i hate that place under normal con- normal circumstances and everything that sort of came to produce it uh and now of course like Talk about a population that most people, the average person, does not care about, right? People that are right. that are supposed criminals, many of many of whom I'm sure are actual criminals. I'm sure many people there are also wrongfully convicted, uh, or you know, overcharged for something because of all of the racist uh, inclinations of the prison industrial complex. Anyway, that's a population that people just don't care about. They're poor. They're in prison. They supposedly <clears throat> have done something wrong to deserve this. So. You know, there's all these things that are happening in, uh, you know, other parts of uh, other communities that, like, the average population doesn't care about. Like, most people don't care about working people or poor people, and uh, they're all suffering right now. And this is, like, in some ways, even a tier below that in terms of how much average people care about them. So uh, the problems there are just going to fester, I feel like, and nobody's going to do anything about it until it's way, way, way too late, which it may already be.
1: Yeah, it's really shitty that, like, whenever you talk to people about it. They kind of give you this like comforting pat on the back. It's like it's okay. Only four people and prisoners will die.
0: Yeah, you're like that's uh, that's been a <laughs> that's been one of the most frustrating uh, responses I've seen people have. It's like yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. And it's like okay, great, cool, good for you. Yeah. Uh, I
1: talked to my therapist yesterday, and he said that this is just a time that really like highlights people's character or like who they truly are underneath it all and how uh, all of his sessions with everyone have had like, a slight change because suddenly you're dealing with people who are dealing with crisis. And I'll get to my worry, don't worry. But uh, he said he was here um, as a therapist during 9-11 and the thing that he um, saw back then was all the people dealing with crisis but coming together to make everyone feel okay. Um, And he said that it was kind of similar to the coronavirus and that it felt like it was getting worse and worse every day just because of our situation with Iraq and this feeling of like an impending war and uh, how, yeah, every day for like a year and a half, he said it felt like like a gloomy cloud over the city. But then he would leave the city and go upstate or something. And the rest of the world had kind of moved on. And so it felt like this weird self-contained disaster. So he's saying what's different now is that the whole world is experiencing it and we're all kind of going through something similar, but we're also not allowed to help each other or be there for each other, which is what's important right now. So so anyways, that that brings me to my worry. I worry for my single friends who live by themselves.
0: Yeah. Big time. I had a lot of that last um, week. I, I, was, I spent a lot of time checking in with those people just because, like, I felt like I was on the razor's edge of, uh, of like, the mental health crisis of just yeah. being depressed and anxious. And I have a dog in my house. I have a lovely partner that supports me that is always around to talk about and, you know, be there. Uh, and so even with those things, I felt like I was right on the edge. Uh, so I definitely made an effort to reach out to people that are just like stuck alone in their apartment, uh, because I agree that's, uh, that was worrying me a lot.
1: Yeah. And I really think that that is my biggest worry at the moment. I mean, people are dying and I think that the, what's the, there's like a phrase for psychologically what happens when numbers reach a certain height and you can no longer really grapple with it.
0: I know what you're referencing. I don't know what the actual yeah. name is for it, but you so say that like this is at a scale now where like it's not really possible for you to comprehend on a human level anymore when you look at the exactly. fact that you know the global numbers are <coughs> by, are like going up by thirty percent every single day, and you know right. up to almost four hundred thousand people infected.
1: Yeah, then it and I remember like, like when like patient zero hit in New York. It was a Monday two weeks ago three weeks ago and the next day it was two people the day after that it was five people the well the thing about the testing 10, is like almost uh, like
0: surely somebody had it in new york you know
1: oh for sure
0: 90 days ago almost basically we couldn't know uh, you but, just didn't know because there wasn't any testing for it and we're still basically doing no testing like right that's the thing about my, these numbers i'm looking at is like uh i'm sorry go ahead you were saying something
1: <laughs> yeah no my point is just that the numbers those first couple of patients i was like looking at like Okay, where in the city do they live? They live in Manhattan. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, now it's five people. Let's see if it's moved into Brooklyn yet. But since it's exponentially grown every single day, it is now at a rate where you're just like, I don't know, it's fucking everywhere. People are dying. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's where it breaks down in my head, and I'm no longer able to comprehend the scale or size of it. Yeah. But go on about the
0: numbers. No, I was just saying that uh, (laughs) I I have been watching the numbers a lot because that's the kind of person I am. That's the way that I like I've been looking at way more graphs and charts and numbers than I have been reading editorial articles about this because that's the way I would like to interact with the news. Uh, And, you know, I have no illusions about numbers holding any truth to them. But it seems especially true in this instance that, like, you know, basically the the numbers are going up by however many people we can test. The more people we can test, the more tests we have, the more the numbers go up. And it's like, okay, well, actually what this is a, a graph of is uh, the number of people you've been able to test in these different countries, more or less. Right. Like, every, every country's numbers and even every state's numbers within the United States, like, have completely different contexts and meanings that don't. It can't be directly compared. Uh, Like, you know, South Korea basically tested everybody and tracked all of the cases. And so they know about every single case in the country uh, pretty comprehensively. And, like, we are so, 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 so far from that. (laughs) Like, I think we maybe know about a tenth of the cases in the country, maybe. Like, optimistically, probably fewer is my guess. Um, So, yeah. Um, Andy. My next question uh, that yeah. I have on my list here is uh, on the more positive side. Like, what are you currently doing to cope? What is what are you currently finding as a good coping mechanism? Uh, and we mentioned Animal Crossing briefly, but I will reinforce that uh, Animal Crossing has been a, a great light <laughs> in, a, in a dark time. Um, just the idea that it's a game with like no stakes, nothing bad can happen to you. You just go to a nice utopian place where everything is good and fine, and get to, you know putter around on an island and make it nice, uh, is very comforting in a time of, in a time of uncertainty and darkness.
1: Yeah, big time. I, last last night, uh, Mark was working on something late and he was like, do you want me to come downstairs? Do you want to hang out or what's going on? And I was like, oh, I'm just fishing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And... It was just funny because I was just literally just only fishing, like not doing anything else in the game, just like listening to the little music, and it's just pleasant and peaceful. You can hear the wind.
0: (laughs) How do you? uh, How do you? What's your personal relationship to escapism like this? Like, do you feel? like it is healthy to have something to completely escape into and like essentially let you forget what's going on or do you feel like it's a, like a guilty pleasure? Like it's not good for mm. you or for society, but you're doing it at necessity. And you know, like, like what is your relationship with these kind of escapist things?
1: Yeah. So I think escapism is really important to get you from one place to the next. So when I was in high school, I got really into playing the Sims and Really, like, I was just done with the small town that I lived in. It was very conservative and Republican, and I came from a not very well off family. So, for my entire senior year, I had schoolwork, and then I also had two jobs because I was going to have to pay for my college if I wanted to go to this school in Atlanta. Like, I could go for free to this little, like, community college that's like a two-year program but if i paid for it (laughs) i could go to this big fancy art school in atlanta Uh
0: um
1: and so when i was working those two jobs at like a fucking steak restaurant where i had to wear like a bolo tie i think we've talked about that (laughs) and i remember when i was working at the pharmacy that was during that time Sorry for all the coughing and um, nah, it's
0: thematic. It will, will age <laughs> the podcast well.
1: It will prevail. Um, that was when that person told me uh, he told my manager on me for not smiling uh, Oof! Like, I said. like so, th- these were some dark times. Straight up office space
0: shit, right there.
1: <laughs> like living with my parents, ready to move, ready to get out, but I had like a year and a half ahead of me before I could get there. And so I also didn't sleep very much at the time. I think when you're in high school, you just kind of
0: get like five hours, and you're
1: like, whatever.
0: I never um, slept so I'm sorry. <laughs> not at all.
1: Yeah, so I would stay up until like four in the morning every day playing The Sims. There was something about it that just like totally got my mind into the right place. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like that should be the case, that like video games can actually correct you. But there's something about doing these mindless tasks of building a fancy dream house and uh, swimming around in the swimming pool and taking the ladder up so they can't escape. And you're like, "Aha, I'm God." And it just—it was—it was was everything I needed. And um, yeah, so I think it's perfectly okay to escape when shit is bleak and you can see the other side. I think that what really irks me or has irked me in the past is like when people are using it as a way to avoid uh, doing anything (laughs) positive. Like my my ex-husband didn't have a job for a while and uh, he would play video games all day. And to me, like that was escapism from something that he had control over. Like he could have been working on things that he needed to get his life into the right place but instead gave in to the joy of the video game so for me i've always kind of Mm. treated it a little bit as like a reward like i'm doing everything i can but right now i just gotta wait and uh, then i think that it's an indulgence that i don't feel guilt over that makes That makes sense
0: That, that's a very sensible approach to it. I think you're basically saying that, like, here we are in the sort of midst of this pandemic and the best thing we can do is just stay inside and there's l- very little else you can actually do to really help in a sort of substantial way. And so given that fact, like this is a perfect opportunity for healthy escapism, because you can in the process of doing the thing you're supposed to do, uh, staying inside and not going out, uh, you know, also take your mind off of this thing you have no control over, um, as opposed to, you know, you have stuff you need to do in your life, and uh, instead are gonna, you know, succumb to the siren song of Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I um, it, my relationship with it is, I'm I'm not as I'm not as able to like just kind of accept and lean into it. Partially because I I had a very similar thing to what you described uh, in high school. Not that my life was in the same place, but that I uh, partook in a lot of uh, late night video gaming as a means of escape. Uh, and the things that were escaping were different than the things you were escaping. But, you know, yeah. early in high, like my freshman, like end of middle school and the early years of high school, um, which is basically right at the age where my parents were like, we can no longer enforce a bedtime on you. Like, you can obviously do whatever you want. We, we can't yeah. control you anymore. Um, I played so many video games late into the night. Um, not a particular game. I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. That was a classic game of mine. A lot of RPGs. Um, and a lot of games where I could customize cars. Those are my main hobbies at the time, customizing oh, nice. cars and uh, and playing RPGs. But um, I, I eventually ended up like I decided at some point, and I wish I had like a journal from this time so I can know more exactly what I was thinking. But I decided at some point that I mm-hmm. could not continue to play video games because they were so all-consuming. Like my my mm-hmm. personality is very obsessive. I, I'm very uh, very easy for me to get like consumed by a world and then like. I'll be sitting at school and all I'm thinking about is a video game I am playing. Uh, you know, it is the only thing I can occupy my mind. Oh with. wow. Um, yeah. Cause when I go, when I would go to
1: school, it's like as if the video games didn't even
0: exist. Oh no, that is not my re- experience at all. So like, uh, I feel very grateful for a couple of things about my, the time at which I was born. And the, one of the biggest ones is that, uh, I was, I quit video games right before it would have been like, accessible and easy for me to play online video games like Mm -hmm. i I looked at world of warcraft i saw it uh you know in the world and knew that if i started playing that game i would be completely absorbed i could very easily be one of those people who just has no social life outside of world of warcraft just sits in their house and like has this sort of separate world they're building uh and that that inclination in me is the same kind of like base instinct that just makes me want to play Animal Crossing all day right now uh, instead of doing whatever else I have to do. Um, So I I really appreciate your distinction, uh, but as somebody that I think is maybe way more susceptible to uh, the the pull of these things, I have a much harder time drawing that line because, uh, you know, I should be, like, cooking nice meals and I should be doing more exercise than I'm doing in my house. Like, even though there are things I can't do to, like, solve this global pandemic, uh, there are things I can do to, like... In the medium and long term, increase my quality of life that I just uh, am not doing because it's so much easier to slip into this world.
1: Well, the thing is, you have so much time because I, I feel myself like feeling guilty when I've uh, been playing for a long time or whatever. <laughs> Lenny's barking, a child. Hi, Lenny. I just, I just sent you a couple pictures. Like, okay. um, <clears throat> and then I'm like, you know what? There are so many hours in this day. Let me just make sure I set aside some time later to exercise. Um, so I don't know. I just don't make yourself feel bad right now. Like everybody's just doing what they can. Uh, I try not to. Yeah. I I haven't read any books. I haven't uh, done any side projects. I have, uh, I took a bath for two hours yesterday. You are recording a
0: podcast right now. Most people don't have a podcast. (laughs) It is a side project.
1: That is true. But you do all the work, so
0: that is also true
1: it's more of an indulgence for me (laughs) um but yeah i i I, seriously i sat in a bath for two hours i was like just i don't know i put on a face mask and i just like laid there and indulged in it and was just like mmm, i love a bath i uh
0: i agree completely that like i'm trying very hard not to be not to feel guilty about how I'm handling things right now because these are truly somewhat extraordinary circumstances even for me somebody who again has uh, the ultimate privilege basically but yeah. that said I am very conscious of like I think we're gonna be in more or less this kind of like isolation for two to three months minimum uh, mm-hmm. and I'm conscious of like falling into a habit or a ritual that will not be overall healthy and so like even though I yeah. want to give myself a pass and say like you know what let's not do yoga today or let's not get any exercise because it, we're feeling anxious and sad. And it's just much easier to go and pick flowers in animal crossing. Uh, yeah. I also don't want that to become the default for the next quarter of a year, which is what we're going to yeah. be doing this for. I think again, bare minimum.
1: Yeah. I have. So the reason I'm happy that I took this week off is that I can like settle into my own body and my own uh, emotions. Like, I can sit there and play Animal Crossing for six hours and then feel how gross that is. <laughs> like, at the mm, end of it, you See, you're so like, you feel oh, gross God. at the end.
0: Interesting. Yeah, interesting.
1: <clears throat> well, if you do six hours, for sure.
0: You're yeah, like, I totally okay. haven't done six hours over the weekend. Definitely not. Yeah. No way.
1: Yeah, and so uh, I've been playing in shorter spurts um, since that one long one. But I... I, I feel like I, I can actually feel those feelings that I had when I was a kid. And I remember blogging about this like years ago. Years ago, I got really sick and I had to stay at home for a while. And I ended up just doing some side projects and uh, doing some drawings. And like, I got so bored. And all of the stuff that normally makes you like feel kind of good for a minute, like whether it's like looking at Tinder or playing a game or whatever. Like, once that gets boring, then what do you do? Hmm. And that is the feeling that I am kind of grateful that a lot of us are going to have to experience right now. Because I think that's when, like, really magical things start to happen. Or people have exercised all of their indulgence, all of their hedonism is kind of at max capacity. And so they're like, okay, what else? And I think that's when people get really inventive. I saw this happen during the recession. A lot of people who lost their jobs were like, well, fuck it. I might as well start that company or do that side project I always wanted to do. And that's how we end up with some of our favorite things.
0: I appreciate the optimism, Linda. I I'm here for
1: you, Andy. I'm, I am it. I'm actually feeling okay. That's why when you're like, what are you worried about? I'm like, well, I've been...
0: You can, you can say you're not emotionally you worried about anything specifically right now. The answer to that question can be, actually, I'm having a good morning. Um, yeah. I, know. I have my good days and good times, too. Like, uh, I wish those good times weren't then followed by the immediate guilt for feeling good. Because, <laughs> you know, because right. the good feeling is like, wow, I'm so lucky to be safe in my house with my partner and my dog and, you know, to yeah. not have to actually worry about any of these things. And then just the immediate wave of guilt of, uh, basically, my good feeling is just that I am not one of the people that is most susceptible. And that is, yeah. you know... A shitty thing to feel good about, but
1: yeah. I mean, when I talked to my therapist yesterday, I I told him a story about a friend or something, and he got all choked up and he said, Oh, it just makes me want to cry. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Damn, like I I felt more like I was talking to a friend when normally I'm being consoled by this person. So I think all of us who are trying to like console each other are, are just kind of like, Yeah, we're just kind of all into this together, and you gotta do what you can to get through it this will be a long
0: time yeah i think it's gonna be a long time um i have one last little question here which is more just an observation of mine that might lead to a question for you so i also kind of want to wonder i have spent a lot of time thinking about what the future is going to be like and uh it's i think it's all wild speculation at this point because of how up in the air everything is but i had a thought this morning uh when i was walking the dog that i don't I've always kind of thought that when you look at the sort of prevalence of and the sort of cultural acceptance of wearing masks in public and on public transit in a lot of like Southeast Asian countries, um, mm-hmm. I've always felt like that seemed like the natural evolution of society. And now yeah. I, I had the sort of I had the thought that, like, maybe we'll never go back the world over. to I like, really to, hope to, like that flying on planes or getting on a sort of subway without at least uh, like significant portion of the people wearing masks and, you know, basically yeah. like treating it like, you know, uh, an opportunity for exposure. Um, cause that's what right. they've been doing in well, Japan also, and in I, China and, in, you know, all these other countries for, you know, decades. And yeah. And, uh, and I
1: always, I always thought that it was paranoid people who were trying to not get sick and then, A friend of mine in Japan was like, no, it's like the second you feel like you have a tickle in your throat or a little tiny cough or whatever, Mm -hmm. you just wear a mask. It's just to protect other people. Yeah. Of course, me, the American, I'm thinking like every man for himself, like, oh, this person just doesn't want to get sick by other people. Like, no, oh, it's common courtesy. Hmm. Got it.
0: Something other than rugged (laughs) American individualism, which has gotten us so far. Anyway, I had the thought that I think maybe in the future, in the post uh, world of this thing, uh, everybody's going to have masks almost everywhere in most of civilization, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, My other thought is I feel like this is never going to quote-unquote end. Like, maybe we'll find a vaccine, but I think this is just going to be like, you know, you have flu season? I think we're just going to have COVID season every year, and uh, we'll be, like, dealing with it into some varying degree uh, for the rest of time, more or less. So
1: you don't think that we're going to find a vaccine? Uh,
0: I feel like... But my understanding of the coronavirus is that it is very much like influenza, where like the what coronavirus is a category of viruses that are all differing in a variety of ways. Mm. Uh, and this particular one happens to have a certain amount of infectiousness and a certain latent period and a certain whatever. Uh, but there's no reason to expect that like there wouldn't be small mutations and variations of it that would be slightly different. And much like we kind of like guess every year with the flu vaccine, we're like, we think this will be the sort of emergent strain. Uh, I think we'll be doing a similar thing with like versions of coronavirus probably is my this is not I am not a scientist people (laughs) go go read what actual medical professionals are saying I'm just saying that given uh, the current trajectory of all the infections and given the fact that like worldwide we have completely failed any kind of containment uh, I don't see how we're gonna like even in 18 months eradicate all cases like it's just not gonna happen Uh, there'll be a uh, like herd immunity, where like a lot of people have had it, and then will therefore be immune to it, so it won't have, we won't have to be on like total lockdown and stuff like that. But susceptible populations are gonna have to worry about this, I think, every year when COVID season comes around for the rest of rest of time,
1: for the rest of our lives.
0: Do you have any ruminations in the future you want to end our ep- episode on?
1: Yeah. So as a woman who would like to get pregnant someday, uh, there's a big like not right now. Uh, like especially I'll say. right now.
0: Yeah, in, in a couple of ways.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that kind of broke my heart is that I heard that uh, they weren't letting uh, expecting partners into delivery rooms. So
0: yeah, I saw this. Like, no mothers mother can only. somebody who's pregnant have any supporting people with them. Right,
1: and that is just so heartbreaking to me because the best, if I look back on my whole life, I genuinely think, like, one of the happiest, most fulfilling moments of my life was being in the delivery room with my sister. And I'm just, I am heartbroken that other partners won't be able to experience that with their partners or sisters, you know? Yeah. It's it's really sad.
0: Yeah, it's a small thing that uh, is you know a relatively small thing compared to everything else but you know is the kind of thing that on an individual person's life has a huge <coughs> impact that you know we obviously have to do it the health system needs to be right sort of batten down the hatches and make everything as efficient as possible but yeah that's the kind of yeah. stuff that uh that's the kind of stuff that I might be uh easy to forget in time which is why i think recording this podcast is an interesting thing you know we're not scientists we're not going to document the actual like spread of this thing but documenting some of the human impacts that right you know or otherwise maybe gonna go unrecorded
1: uh yeah like in this woman there is or in this moment there's a woman giving birth by herself yeah. i mean of course they have nurses and doctors but yeah. oh
0: yeah hard. i have a uh, i have a couple of friends of mine that are midwives and dealing with similar things we haven't gotten to the point in maryland where we are not allowing supporting partners to be in the delivery room yet at least as of the recording mm. of this episode Um, but it certainly seems like it's heading that direction, but even just like the small things of like, you know, at this hospital, they have uh, already a huge shortage of masks. And so like people have to reuse masks, having to work without a mask when they're in situations where they've deemed it to be safe enough, you know, getting like splattered with blood and things when you have no mask on, but because you don't have a mask to use, it's just like, ugh, it's going to get bad. Yeah. Mm. Linda, thank you for talking. I hope Lenny had a good walk he's having a great walk he just pooped Mm, good for him Sadie was sick all yesterday and it was like uh it was it was almost tipping me over the edge i was like Sadie, do not we can't Uh, you can't get sick right now like there are no things we can take you to this is not this is not acceptable and she seemed to get better at the end of the day maybe just a sour tummy
1: yeah but i I have one more question do you feel like sadie can tell
0: Oh uh, I mean she definitely notices we're around the house all the time and uh, yeah she, I wish I could say she was only excited about it but she's a little bit like why are you why are you also here like she she yeah she is uh, actually like taken up to mostly sitting in the room in between Hillary and I so she's not sitting with either of us she's sitting in the empty room between us uh, both I think as a means of like averaging it out so she's close enough to both of us but also because she gets to be alone she's a very so she's a very sweet. solitary I mean she's not solitary but she's like uh, she's a very quiet soul she just likes to sleep yeah let's see anyway okay. uh like i said i'm sitting at my desk all the time so we can do right. more of these whenever you feel the mood strike whenever you want to talk i'm here
1: sounds good all right let's we'll talk in a couple days
0: all right just bye Linda. All
1: right. stay safe bye buddy
0: see ya